there's so many layers to what we talked about offline. So I want to get this straight. I want to confirm. Um, so you're a 70 year old woman who is dating, what, 43 years younger? Yes. Okay. And so 43 younger, you're 70 years old, you're a white woman dating younger, and your partner is black. Yes. And if I can get this straight, your background comes from like um, a racial divide, a racial a racism. Is, is Yes. Okay. Okay. And so just to get that straight, like that is, I think to me that is so different, so unique, and I'm glad that I have you uh, on the podcast, Miss Brave. So y'all didn't know this is Therapy Swag Radio. You can always listen to every episode at therapyswag.club. I have a very unique guest that I wanted to bring on because she has a different perspective coming from a different angle. So this is an, um, a 70-year-old who identifies as a white woman here in America uh, who has recently, I want to say it's recently, um, has come to an awakening about white privilege, racism here in America since like the whole George Floyd, and now she's dating a black man. I'm curious, I'm curious. At what point did you realize that instead of just dating this guy, you were really digging him, you were really into him? It took a couple of weeks, but I do want to say that I was down for being racist, 100% racist, up until I started shifting with him. Like, I was down for being racist and never wanting to date a black man ever, ever, and knowing that there was, that, that black folks were less than me, and that I was, I was the superior and smarter and in every way, and then... Once it happened accidentally with him, it was, it started to shift. Explain, explain, explain to the listeners how accidentally y'all ran into each other. Tell me, tell us about that. I was on a dating, uh, multiple dating apps and I'd be swiping and I had it set for just a whole range of ages because a friend of mine a few months prior had said, you are short are shorting yourself to be just dating your own age i mean you are just so he he said i'm 30 years old and i would want to date you and i'm like whoa i i never had that thought that young and he said open it up open up your ages so i did and i didn't have any filter of any kind just opened all the ages and I was scrolling and, of course, you know, never interested in anyone who was a black person. Mm-hmm. And I saw his profile, and for some reason I read his profile. And it was hilarious to me because he had said, I'm going to delete you if I think that you are, you know, not someone I want to spend time with or you're going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste anybody's time. And I mean, it was just so, like, God, it was so direct, and and it wasn't all fluffy like all these other guys are trying to impress you. Mm-hmm. He was not trying to impress a person, not one person. And I was like, how are you dating with that kind of a profile? Anyway, it blew my mind, and I wasn't at all interested in him, but I had to tell him because I'm a very honest person. Mm-hmm. I just wanted him to know I'm a very supportive person as my nature. 
wanted to tell him this is the funniest profile I've ever seen. I just wanted to tell you. I said you can delete me. I I'm fine with that. And it, and then he comes on like just a couple hours later, and he says I wouldn't delete you. Mm. And then it was on from that moment. Mm -hmm. Just talking, oh. but still I wasn't you know into him or anything. It wasn't like that. It was like okay. And then he that day wanted to come see me. Okay. Two hours away. Okay. All right. So. I'm interested because there was an initial stop scrolling and look at this black guy. What was it about his physical appearance? Was it a photo, his pose, his smile? Were you physically attracted to him? Because at this point you were still racist. Yes, I was, I was physically attracted to him like he was so cute. I loved his hair. Like I didn't know anything about textured hair. Like hmm. zero. Mm -hmm. And I had bought dreads were really dirty and there was a oh god what and because I had known I had worked with a man god how many years prior so many years prior like over 30 years prior yes and um who had long dreads down to his butt and I just thought he was so dirty I just always thought that and but I saw this guy and he was so cute and it's like I had no problem messaging him like like I just want to tell you you cute person but how how funny you are and how this is the funniest profile I've ever seen mm -hmm. yeah I was attracted to him but with no conscious thought of like I would date him nothing like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay I'm just I, I don't know so for my viewers they would say maybe it's a fetish maybe it's like a it's like some kinky type stuff that y'all two are into to where you both, and if it works for you, it works for you, but for someone to turn off the racism, like, can you respond to that? How, how, how are you able to turn off the racism? I love this question because I have a, I have an ability that is a gift, the way I look at it, it's a gift given to me to have a shift in awakening. And I've had, sh I had had shifts prior to this um, since 20 years prior. I had started having awakenings and shifting mindsets that I didn't create for myself that happened to me, for me, that I had no control over, but shifted me in a way that I never went back again. So here's, here's what happened. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't think about any, this wasn't anything I thought about, like, ooh, this would be so cool or anything. I was, hold on one second. Sorry about that. I was getting a call. Um, I didn't have any thought about, I didn't think about any of this. This was all organic, and it just started happening to me, for me, with me just showing up. And I, I, I was a hundred percent into him, like from the first time I saw him. Mm -hmm. Like there was no thinking about anything racist. None of that occurred to me. It wasn't like, oh, I have to have a, a stance, or there was no fetish. Mm -hmm. There was no. It was just, I was authentically myself, innocent 
instantly just, just like, wow, this feeling inside of me. It was just, I'm connected to you, and okay. I didn't know how. I didn't know how it happened. Okay, so tell me about, because this isn't the first black man that you've been with. This, this isn't the first African-American man that you've been Correct. with romantically. Um, so tell me, this was many moons ago. I think you were in college when you said you had your first experience, romantic relationship with this man? Um, no, I had already graduated and got my degree. Okay, so you're in your mid-20s, 23, 22 maybe? Uh, no. Mm -mm. It was because I was sober, so it was... No, I was 33. Okay, okay. So you were 33 years old when you had this, this relationship with this black man. So back then, you were still in, uh, were you subconsciously or consciously uh, racist back then? Subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Because what I, what I did was I, I, this is really how I thought. I looked at my life and I saw it was all black. It was like going on the black, the buses that were all black folks were on the bus, all my girlfriends were black, all the meetings I was going to were black, um, and I was dating a black man. So it was, uh, yes. it was the area you were in, your environment. Yes. By proximity, you were surrounded by a lot of African-American black people in the community, and so um, I understand now. I understand. So tell me about the George Floyd thing. Uh, you said that you had an awakening, like it, you, you kind of were, were your awareness to what's going on in the United States of America with the impartiality and the racism uh, against black people. So tell me about that experience and then um, that'll kind of lead yeah. us into the next segment. That was the first time that I had a conversation because right after that happened I said I'm going to call my, my girlfriend's boyfriend. He, she's white. He's black. I said, and I'm, I was friends with him, kind of friends, you know, not, we didn't hang out or anything together, right. but, but he knew me very well, I knew him through business, mm -hmm. um, with his girlfriend, and I called him, and I said, I want to have a conversation with you about racism, is that okay, and he said, of course, and he was open, what, what he shared with me, this one thing he shared with me was what happened for me, mm. to shift me, he said, I had said something to him about, and I can't remember exactly, but it was it was something like, have you been affected by racism all your life? You know, something like that, which is so naive to say to somebody. You know, like, what are you thinking? Right now, I, I, I'm like, how appalling that I said that to him, but that's how I was. Mm -hmm. It's clueless. So I said you know, something like that, and he said, all my life, and then he, he, he stated it really clearly to me, all my life, I have been looking behind me, being, having to be very careful where I go, careful what I say. It is always, 100% of the time, affecting me. And at that moment, I was like, you know, talking to another human being. Mm -hmm blew my mind, just completely blew my mind, completely changed me at that moment. So this was what, 2020 or 21? 20, right, 20, 2020, 
Did you start doing the work as far as listening to conversations, uh, watching the news, and learning about some of the history and the struggle, and uh, following the case? Like, what what happened? Af- what transpired after that conversation? That's a beautiful question because this is getting to know me as a person and how I operate. Because it, even though I shifted at that moment. I did not have the interest yet to deeply start, you know, studying it. And, you know, I was listening to Jane Elliott. I was starting to read Color of Law. I was, you know, having some conversations and listening to conversations through my business uh, Zoom meetings that we were having with um, some black folks mm-hmm. um, around the country in our business you know, talking about racism and stuff. I was listening to some of that, but it was very not intruding in my life. Like, I did not let it in. I was not interested and committed or anything. I hadn't, I hadn't gone to the further depths of where I was going to go. I was not interested enough mm-hmm. yet. So that's totally me, honest, even though I had that shift of how, whoa, it didn't, it didn't affect me to completely, oh, I, I wasn't, I hadn't gone through enough changes yet. Mm-hmm. So when when did you decide to start doing the social studies with your friend and learning more about black history in the United States and their struggles? Um, uh, when did you start doing that? When, when did that start? That's a beautiful question because in my dating life, mm-hmm. Um, before I had met this person, I had been talking to a few friends, you know, kind of about, about dating, mm-hmm. you know, learn how to date. And, you know, talking about the experience I was having, getting feedback. And then when I was with this person of color, mm-hmm. I had gotten into conversations with one of my friends, this one I'm referring to. Mm-hmm that we started doing social studies, but not, it didn't happen for months until months later. So this was a year ago that um, I met him May 1st, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And so now it's been a year. And I started really getting heavier and heavier with it with her maybe about October, November. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's when that happened. It took time mm-hmm. until I started calling her every single day in the morning, like it was our call time, and I didn't even know what was happening. It's like I was just talking to her, and she was she was talking to me about all the life that she had. She had been with this man for ten years, mm-hmm. and she had been in this life and been. She's like an activist, and. I was so lucky mm-hmm. to, to get in on this with her, and she loved me so much, and I really love her so much. We had a, already a friendship, a deep friendship, but never on this level, never about these things. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so you wanted to learn more um, about the black experience, about, about black excellence, and, and then the struggles as well. Uh, I hear that. 
do you think that you have like uh, sympathy or you feel sorry for the black community and that maybe gravitated you towards the black man? No. It's not sympathy. And it, it's not like that. It's like So tell me, tell me, tell me more about that. Where, where did you learn about uh, black being superior? Tell me about.
Yeah, so, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from on, on that angle as far as uh, athleticism. Um, in slavery days, uh, you know, YT people identified black people as stronger. Uh, what does YT people mean, please? White. So instead of saying white, I say YT just for the algorithm purposes. Um, so whenever, when it, like, so whenever TikTok um, picks up this this racial stuff, it, sometimes it'll ban you. So white white people oh, is. Oh, and I thought YT was starting. I thought it was starting to mean YouTube. No, well, it is. It does mean that, but in this context, YT is white. Thank you for explaining that because I wasn't sure last time. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I forgot my thought now. But white people. Yeah. So. From, from yeah, so um, so YT people identify blacks as like the stronger, they're more more productive, they're more uh, diligent as far as getting the road railroads uh, 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 put together and uh, building the railroads and you know building this country in general. Africans were just more physically able to handle the labor demand uh, than the other um, Chinese the indigenous uh, Americans uh, or Mexicans. And so that, that was one angle. And then uh, Hitler, 1940, whatever it was, uh, I, I can't remember the, the actual year during the Olympic Games, he didn't want um, YT people running against African Americans or black people. And um, you saw a shift where black people were winning and actually dominated those games and so um yeah so you're you're right on that but i wanted to say that you know a lot of people we're behind on uh science and math and and reading we're really falling short in those areas and one of the things that i like to point out whenever we talk about education and academics in the black community versus the yt community is You've got 400 years on us, 400, over 450 years of that on us. How you learn math, how you learn reading. So we've been behind for so long, 450 years, it's going to take us that long to get caught up. And so um, so that's when, when you see like college education, uh, students enrolled, uh, students graduating college, when you see those numbers, a lot of that has uh, a part to play in it. Like, we're just so far behind. But well, I want to say something. I want to say that I'm familiar with the term white tears. White tears? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you want me to say white Yeah, preferably. I will consciously do that for you. Um, I know you're familiar, and most people are familiar with that term. And as you were stating what you just stated about being 400 years behind, I started to have that come over me, that that not feeling sorry for, but just that, that just, it just breaks me. It just breaks me that this has happened to human beings. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I want I I want you to I want you to tell me 
do you still feel like you are racist today? And if you do, can you explain why or how? Yes, I am absolutely unracist, like the statement that I first said to you mm -hmm. in your question. Just do better. Just to do better. Just, yes. Mm -hmm. to, to, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah. I, I feel like, um, YT America, like the politicians, the high, high-seating officials, they don't want to, they don't want this uh, whole critical race theory. They, they don't want that because so many YT students, young people would, would have the same awakening. And they would have, um, you know, similar empathy and a different perspective on the black experience in the United States, and then start acknowledging, start recognizing whenever they see it out in the community or in policies. Um, I, I think exactly right. I, I think that's one of the, the exactly right. I want I want to share something that happened last night. Sure. I was at this art show I was mentioning, and each student had one piece up on the wall. years 
was a moment there that I was in awe of her. And I can't say it was anything to do with my mind. Mm -hmm. It was so, there was a connection in my soul. And I just wanted to say that, that this is bringing me to a place I've never been with any human being before. I, I just want to say how profound that was to be in her presence. What an honor. Yeah, that, that is um, that is touching. Um, that I mean, that right there, it's something to process in itself because I think that was a power converse, powerful conversation, and just having, you know, dialogue, open dialogue like that between two different. I, I feel like if she was from Ghana, and you being a white tea woman in America, like total opposite, and having that coming together and that that conversation that could have been awkward, I think a lot of uh, growth can happen in those. Uh... She was not from Ghana. She was from here. Okay. And and she was on a tourist trip. Okay. Because all the people were, you could see them in the background. All these people who were tourists mm -hmm. inside the, the the this store this storage building where the where the human beings were kept for months mm -hmm. waiting to be put on these ships. Hey, I want to ask you, have you seen any, like, uh, movies like Amistad? Um, so, so that's one that I recommend, but that really brought me to tears because it was very, like, the account, they had uh, records from the slave, uh, I, I, the slave uh, transporters, right, during the transatlantic slave trade. They, they talked about how they had to get rid of 150 slaves because they couldn't feed them all. And so they dumped them off the ships. And so uh, that movie is something that I, I highly recommend on getting some really some really good insight. Really good insight. I saw the, I saw the movie. I saw the one that was on about they were trying to find. I can't remember the name of it now. You might know it. They, uh, they were all trying to find out the name. They were trying to find the ship. The ship that was there in, in Louisiana, I believe. question about reparation so um, I, I find this very okay well I guess because you're so early on I still want to know your thoughts about it um, and I believe you saw my post on reparations correct did you see a video that I posted on my TikTok? I might have, but I, I don't know if I absorbed it. Okay. It doesn't come to my mind. Okay. Yeah, so I talked about how um, a white man had made a comment about black people, myself in particular, complaining about uh, slavery and our oppression. I did see that, and I loved it, and I commented on that, yes. Right, our oppression, and my response was because... Uh, one of the main reasons why we complain is because we have not been um, properly recognized. We have not yes. received 
our reparations. And it's funny because Indians, Native American, the, the indigenous uh, uh, Americans that were here, uh, indigenous natives that were here, they receive reparations, right? They get their own uh, land. Uh, they get no, ta they don't have to pay taxes, like uh, college and university, like they get so much. And one of the things was, uh, he told me that, well, who do you know gets the reparations for the black community? Who do you know gets it? And um, it's, it's just funny. It's just funny to me. You can start with birth certificates. If they have black African-American on their birth certificate, start there. But um, it's funny because white people do not want to take any more taxes out of their yearly or monthly or annually, whatever. They don't want to take any more taxes away from their money uh, to give to black people reparations. They're not having it. And, and so I wanted to get your opinion on that. Indians, we understand the atrocity that Indians went through, right? Wiped them off their land and then said, hey, you can stay over there. Um, you know, we, we understand that. And I do not dismiss that at all. I just, I just wish that uh, African-American blacks in, this, uh, United, in these United States of America uh, could get that same reparations. And we can start there. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on reparations? Um, uh, when I finally found out about it a week ago or so, um, I was like, oh no, no 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 no, no, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. The, the, the Asians, the indigenous, the Hispanic, no, we're not doing that. Everybody else gets, but the blacks don't. We're not doing it that way. No, this is not happening anymore. And that's where I, I just took that stand, and from that position, then I could move forward comfortably knowing that I am with and, and looking to find out where, my girlfriend said, she, she once said to someone, do you want me to, can I write you a check? You know, somebody who was helping educate her, she said, can I just write you a check? You know, because it was the consciousness that we owe, YTOs, YTOs financial reparations and I, I'm just so glad that I know that today mm -hmm. that's how I feel about it that, yeah I'm 100% I'm with it thank you Miss Brave I think that wraps up the interview um, Therapy Swag Radio, Radio make sure that you go to therapyswag.club listen to all the content that I have on that platform and I want to hear what you have to say so there's ways that you can rate the show there's also ways that you can give me a review on the show, but this particular episode, I think I'm going to pin it to the top because I think there's so much value that we can get uh, from this particular interview. And if you have a question, please feel free to put it in the comments below the episode or go ahead and email myself at info at minortomajortx.com uh, and somebody will forward that to me. Thank you all so much for another awesome episode of Therapy Swag Radio.